0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Jane Wilkins-Michael Show on iHeartRadio Talk. I'm Jane. I'm coming to you live from New York City. I want to thank you so much for being with us. Well, we have a great show today, but before I say another word, I'd like you all to say hello to our resident rock star, the solid as a rock woman who keeps me grounded on a daily basis, and that would be none other than my producer, Lori Houston. Hi, Lori. How are you today? (laughs) I'm good, Jane. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Well, as I mentioned, we have a great show today. We have another rock star in the house, literally. She is Kara Ross, a renowned gemologist and jewelry designer, which is a rock star in the true sense of the word. Let me tell you a little bit about Kara before we bring her on. I had known she had a boutique jewelry store right here in New York City at 60th Street between Madison and Park, 655 Madison Avenue to be exact, which displays her magnificent jewelry designs. But it wasn't until a few months ago when I was invited to an event at the Hearst Towers that celebrated her launch of her newest initiative called, and very appropriately, Diamonds Unleashed, which is a global movement with a social purpose that symbolizes, promotes and supports women's empowerment that I saw Kara Ross in action. And needless to say, I was so impressed that we had to have her on the show. Now, Kara is a very busy lady, aside from designing her jewelry collections. She's also on various boards, such as the Council of Fashion Designers in America and Women of Public Policy at the Kennedy School of Government at Harvard University, to name a few. Kara is now putting her passion into action with Diamonds Unleashed. And through this, She's also helping to create the next generation of strong female leaders, and we certainly need more of those. Um, I love what Kara says, that women like diamonds are brilliant, multifaceted, and unbreakable. And that's just how I would describe Kara herself. But in this case, we have to add Dazzling as well. Hi, Kara. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being with us.
1: Oh, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me on.
0: Well, you know, I mentioned the party at the Hearst Building, and I have been to many events, uh, and I've grown rather jaded over the years, to use a jewelry term, but I've yet to see a gathering in one place of some of the world's most important and successful women, which is truly a tribute to you, Kara, and all that you are doing and have done. Um, Even the DJ wore jeweled headphones. I loved it. It was was great, right? Uh, Of
1: course. And you can pull it off in an event like that. I know, right? I wanted wanted some of
0: those for the show. Um, And your speech was so heartfelt. You've been in the jewelry business for over 25 years. Tell me how you got into it uh, to begin with.
1: Um, sure. I went to Georgetown. I, I graduated in 88. I was an English major and an art history minor. Um, I've I've always, always, always loved jewelry. I, I literally don't even remember a time when I, I didn't love it. And so my first job out of college was, um, I also love magazines and I love fashion. And I worked at Harper's Bazaar my first year out of college. I was on the advertising side, not the sexy editorial side, but <laughs> the advertising side. And I, so I was in, uh, I was in publishing for about two years and really decided it, was, I, it wasn't it was my calling. And I went to GIA uh, then, which is Gemological Institute of America. It's right on 47th and 5th. They also have a branch in Carlsbad, California. And um, so I took the gemology course. It's a six-month course all day first two months are diamonds last four months are colored stones and you really become an expert and so after passing the tests and everything so i i passed and uh, so i'm a certified gemologist which means i'm an expert in diamonds and colored stones and i've been in the business for about uh, 25 years and you know that basis of um education and learning and knowing Knowing about stones and um, what makes them special and unique and different from one, one another, for me, was a great starting point because, um, you know, you can't be selling fine jewelry and diamonds if, if you don't really know what you're selling. So um, for me, that was a great place to start.
0: I have to tell you, I always always wanted to be a, a gemologist myself, but it was not to be, unfortunately. But I think the desire passed through my genes. And I have to tell you a funny story. When my daughter, Elise, was in kindergarten at the Riverdale Country School, the teachers took the children who were five, right, to the library for the first time. And when I picked her up, her little backpack weighed like 100 pounds. And I said, what is making this so heavy? And she said, well, we went to the library today and I took out my first book and she was so pleased with herself now was it charlotte's web or or james and the giant peach and we're talking giant for what this bag weighed and she said nope she was pulled it out and it was gems of the world and she goes Mommy, <laughs> my look, kind of girl right it has woobies yes. and emeralds and diamonds and unfortunately she did not go into jewelry but she is now a first-year lawyer so she can soon buy her own right <laughs>
1: Hey, that's right. Go girl. That's right. That's you go right. girl, right?
0: I never got this huge book. It's fascinating. And quite frankly, I was pretty fascinated too. And I began to rethink my choice of doing what I do but so so be it. Um but you know, let's let's talk a bit about your multifaceted women's movement that I mentioned which is Diamonds Unleashed. Tell mm-hmm. tell us more about it. How was it born and what was your goal yeah, sure. for creating it?
1: you know when i when um when, when we met it in december at the launch that was the launch but i had been working on it 2 years prior to the launch because it's uh, it's complicated and many of these different um uh, platforms had to be built up. The whole thing started when I took my diamond and I reset it. And I reset it in a r- really aggressive, kind of cool um, mounting where the, a snake is literally engulfing and eating the diamond. And the, the fangs of the snake act as the prongs and it wraps up the finger. I wear it on my right hand. And I got so many comments like, oh, Kara, why are you wearing that on your right hand? You know, um, gee, that's not so cool. Why aren't there other diamond rings like that? The, the whole act. That simple act of making a ring, wearing it on my right hand, got me thinking about, you know, what do diamonds mean? What do they symbolize? What do what do people think about? And for the most part, women have to wait to be given a diamond. It's that association with particularly engagement where, you know, you have to wait to be given a diamond. And it, and when you think about where women are today, you know, politically, um, economically, in charge of more than 85% of the household income, it seemed like such an old antiquated notion that it – A woman should have to wait for something, and really, in today's society, it's the only thing that there's a stigma attached to a woman buying something for herself. You know, women would buy cars, you'd buy a piece of technology, a piece of art, and a home, an apartment. But if I said, "Hey, Jane, would you go out and buy yourself a diamond?" you'd probably say, uh, or most people would say, "Well, I'd really want to," but then someone's going to say, "Oh, are you dating someone? Am I invited to the wedding? When's the marriage?" Mm -hmm. and you know, this whole association, you know, I went back in history and I, because it was really bothering me. And, you know, in the 1950s and 60s, women would not buy themselves high end lingerie. For the most part, it had to be gifted to them. Then you have Les Wexner that came along, had, bought Victoria's Secret. It's everywhere now. And, of course, if you want to buy yourself, a sexy piece of lingerie, you just go buy it. You know, that also was the case with perfume, that generally speaking, women would wait to be given perfume. And I remember growing up, you know, my mother's favorite perfume was Halston. And Mm -hmm. so for every birthday, Christmas, blah, 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 my dad got her a bottle of Halston. And, you know, she could obviously go out and buy it herself, but she didn't, she waited. And, you know, that, well, you know, that has changed, obviously. And, you know, really, it was Estee Lauder who was a change agent there, who was, you know, going door to door, women, you know, empowering if they want perfume, go buy it yourself. But mm-hmm. bringing it back to present day, this the diamond, which is the hardest, most beautiful substance on earth. And again, if you take a look at the attributes, beautiful, strong, multifaceted, unbreakable, and brilliant, and to me, it was like, what, what a, you know, what a wonderful symbol for women's empowerment and women's strength and you know that whole association with love and marriage that's absolutely fine but let's say let's extend that and so that's really what we're doing taking this diamond and you know changing changing you know the paradigm and saying this should be symbolic of women's strength and at the same time paying it forward to help create the next generation and so all net profits of our various efforts are going to support our nonprofit partners whose sole focus is education and scholarships of young girls. It's a really wonderful thing. And I think it's resonating with so many people. And when you start saying, you know, a diamond and women's strength and start talking about the attributes, everyone's like, oh, my gosh, yeah, I get it. Yeah. And whether it's Serena Williams, Christy Kerr, one of the best um, golfers in the world, Hillary Knight, um, professional ice hockey player, um, sports illustrated swimsuit model, Martha Stewart, Paula Abdul, Sally Crockeck, Susan Rockefeller—I mean, the list goes on and on and on—and um, it's that's why you, when you when
0: in that room in December, uh, the turnout was incredible. You know, for an event, I've never seen such a turnout, quite frankly. And as I said, I've been to a lot of them, but also the the powerful women in one room was was amazing everyone was happy to be there i mean it was
1: this was i mean when you get a bunch of rock star women who are girls girls who want to support each other who really want to help each other there is nothing more powerful and it's and that elicits like a wonderful happy joyful really just happy happy energy and where it just kind of you can just feel it reverberating i mean it's just
0: there was there was a lot of there was a lot of Energy in that room for sure. I just have to, as an aside, my husband would say, sure, go out and buy yourself a diamond, and a little lingerie would be nice too while you're at it. So. <laughs> <For sure. laughs> after so many years that, you know, we've come to that, right? Um, so, yeah, you know, I was reading about the the not-for-profit organizations, the Girls Who Code, and, and she's the first. And and I just, uh, I, I like the fact that, um, it, it, you know, it will provide this education and, and all the skills that will enable them to find opportunities for their talents and passions, which is so important. Yeah, I
1: mean, I think when you, listen, we we've been blessed to have a wonderful education, and that affords you many different opportunities to grow and flourish, get a good job, be independent. And I think that, you know, with I think that that's how you really start, um, really, uh, that's about empowerment, right? If you give a girl an education, you're not only affecting and empowering her, but her family, her community, any children that she might have will be sure to have an education. And that Kind of, it just starts like if you throw a pebble into a water, you know, it just starts the little waves, and it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger, and um, it's it's just it's very powerful. And the two charities or nonprofits that we chose, I feel great about because. You know, Girls Who Code teaches 6th to 12th grade girls how to um, code, computer coding. And, you know, we all know that's where the jobs are. And Mm -hmm. the percentage of women that have been um, getting into that market and filling those jobs has actually been decreasing with time instead of increasing. So their whole focus is to teach a million girls. Their goal is to teach a million girls how to code. And they're definitely on their way. And it's a wonderful organization. The other, she's the first... um, provide scholarships for girls in third world countries to go to high school, um, scholarships, boarding, um, materials, books, etc. And And the name is because most of these girls are the first girls in their um, families that have ever gotten a high school education. And we've been lucky we actually met some at a breakfast we sponsored this year, and it was so cute. This little girl got up there and was talking, and she was the first to have gone to school. She learned how to read. She was so eloquent. She was so passionate. She went back and she taught her mother how to read. Uh-huh. It was just, it was just awesome. I mean, just super, super, super cool.
0: Yeah, that is, that's so, um, it's empowering just to know how empowering you're making women, right? It's a, it's a wonderful, a wonderful feeling. And you also talk about that part of your initiative uh, was addressing the issues uh, that enable women to achieve their p- potential and uh, inspire their, their self-worth. And um, I think also what we face as, as women, and you work a lot with women, and you know, we all know that there there are issues in life. Life is not always about unicorns and rainbows, unfortunately. It's always throwing us curveballs and you know, just when we least expect it to change up, as you know. And and the price that we all pay is that at times we become very insecure and self doubting and self deprecating. You know, we hear that little voice in the back of our heads that bring us back to our childhood and possibly a mother who who wasn't as complimentary, perhaps, as she should have been, <laughs> and mm-hmm. and that all has a very negative effect on our on our on our lives in general, our health and beauty in particular. It raises our stress levels, and, and I love Voltaire's line. You know, I've decided to be happy because it's good for my health, and how true is that? So um, you, who are in, in in the world of of women who are, um, y- you know, who are really out there, and you deal with women all the time, and 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 you say how empowering that is for you how do we change as women how do we change that mindset that we're so negative about ourselves for the most well, part I, mean, I
1: think just in general women are just more self-deprecating than men i mean so if you go into any classroom it's not the girls that are the first one to be you know putting up their hands and screaming out the answers it's it's the boys you know and and i just think that that's that's an inherent difference um, between girls, boys, growing up into men and women. And I think that, yeah, you kind of have to force yourself sometimes to say, okay, speak out and um, feel good. It's, it, it's tough because it's something you grow up with. And I don't know if it's hardwired into us or not, but um, that, that's definitely the case.
0: I think so, because how many times you meet a woman and they go, oh, I look so awful today, or my hair, or my skin, or they point out like a pimple that nobody would ever notice until they point it out. Um, and I always say, just put a little brown eyeliner on it and say, it's a, a, a beauty mark. <laughs> Be like Cindy Crawford. <laughs> that's right. That's I mean, right. come that's on, Like, right. right? Or, or they tell you everything they ate that day. Like, you're really like, okay, well, you know, and it, it's just, and, and this is why we all do this. I mean, we all, we all are a little, you know, well, self that's why it's like
1: the women, like if you, if you, women are not braggarts, you know, so if, if, even if you go into, you know, the C-suite level and ask like the top, the executives who are performing the reviews for the bonuses the men would be the first one to go i i want a hundred thousand dollar bonus and i deserve it because a woman would be more likely to say well what you know what do you think i should get you know i i would like to get this and that but not demanding it not and that's not always the worst thing i mean people that are braggarts and demanding i don't know if they always reach the top but again i think it's got to be culturally um part of you know our makeup, and it's it's
0: just kind of funny. So we can change the mindset, also. It's interesting. Whenever I give a, a talk, um, I ask people, I ask the audience, you know, what do you want most from life? And and the women say. We want to be happier, you know. I mean, we all kind of know what the men want, but <laughs> it's the women who right. say. And then they ask, you know, can it can can we do it overnight? And I think it's all a process. I know I really do. And I think we, we tend to look at the end of the process and think of everything we have to do and say, oh, God, I can't get it. How am I going to do it, right? How, how do I do it? And then they just shut down. They can't process anything more. And, and I think that, um, you know, what you do is really... Uh, enabling women to feel that power that they have innately, and to go with that, which is, I think, so. Yeah, I mean, so
1: you know, we're we're telling these women and these young women, and think about yourself as a diamond. And women juggle things like crazy: jobs, careers, homes you know, everything. You're multifaceted. Think about yourself as a beautiful diamond, and if you can convey self worth and help someone have self worth, and then they can help others feel that way, whether it's through education or um different things like that so it's really you know thinking about yourself as a diamond inspiring self-worth and then from that i think is the um you know the added benefit of then wanting to help others you know if if you're in a really good place and you you feel like you've um, accomplished something and you feel great about yourself it's easier than to say gee i want to help someone else out now um but if you're not feeling great about yourself you're not
0: yeah, you're, you're not, not good to help feeling. any right. You can't even help yourself. <laughs> how, can, exactly. how can you possibly yeah. help help others? That's very, very, very true. That's why I mentioned people who are ill to take care of the caregiver because they're the ones that take care of you. And if they're sick, it does nobody any good. So, you know, that's um, but I, I have to also mention here you were so very kind to review my book in Long Live You. Oh, I loved it. Uh, you were just so lovely and in your newsletter, which is called a Carrot. I love that name.
1: I loved it. And you were like, it's more, it's, you know, going to, no, I think you said it's just as important to spend girl time than going to the gym or going to an exercise class. And what you get out of that is just as important sometimes as exercise. And I thought, my, I totally agree with you.
0: It's true. And it helps them deal, you know, with with other um, girlfriend time creates more serotonin, which is the neurotransmitter that helps combat um, depression. And so um, you have worked to nurture. And you said that one of the nicest parts of doing what you do is is having these great relationships with with women.
1: Mm-hmm. and and meeting so many um new wonderful women that mm-hmm. believe in this and that are girls girls and want to help out and and see things the same way and that has been unbelievably rewarding um and you know I've, i'm lucky i grew up with a wonderful mother who basically told you you can accomplish anything and i have two wonderful sisters and two wonderful sister-in-laws so i and i have um four daughters two daughters and two stepdaughters so i kind of grew up and have a lot of really wonderful, strong women around me. So it just, and I've always been, and I always, you know, I think women are unbelievable and some so strong and oftentimes much stronger than men. And um, so to me, this is just a wonderful next step um, in my career and in not a career and in life. And I see this growing and I, see, I'm really happy to, to spend the amount of time that it, is taking, it's taking. It's a lot of time. It's a lot of effort. It's hard work. But I'm really enjoying it.
0: It's hard work bringing up. I, hard work bringing up daughters. I have two sons, and my daughter is the is the baby, as it were. She's the youngest. But since I had my mother was extremely successful, but she was also highly critical. You know, she was the Jane would be pretty if she only combed her hair type of mother, right? And I've uh-huh. tried to be over the years so not critical of my daughter because i was so sensitive to that and everything i always try to give her the compliments and how wonderful and how and and, you know it does it does work too i mean but one time she was going i believe on a job interview and i said that she had a hole in the back of her stocking and she she looked at me and said why are you always so critical <laughs> like, wait a minute <laughs> i'm not please believe me you don't know a what critical is and b it's trying to help you you don't want to go in an interview with a hole in your stocking do you really <laughs> uh, right that's so funny so it's not yeah, bringing I, uh, up daughters yeah i have two and i have two stepdaughters
1: and right I, uh, yeah i think that i think i feel really good about my all the girls, I think they're in a good place. I think they have self-confidence. I mean, one of the best things about being, you know, about like my mom and I try to think about for my kids is like you want your kids to feel good about themselves and have confidence. So trying to put them into situations where they can succeed and um, and do well and, and know their self-worth and, and, you know, know that they're really valuable. So I, I, I have to say I think all four of the kids really are Strong and confident, and in a really good place, which is which is great because I'm I'm an empty nester now.
0: (laughs) My job is pretty much done. (laughs) I know. Then they come back. You get so upset. I get so upset when they went off to college, and then when they came back on vacation, it was like, please use your inside voice, and you're not in the dorm anymore. And, you know, then you're just hoping that they'd manage to get back and remember where they live at some point when they go out to these parties. And so they grow up and they go to college and they come back, right, after having been at college yeah. and had all the freedom in the world. They don't understand that now they're back home with other people there, right? <laughs> so, yeah. But you and do that there have...
1: might be a curfew and you can't come in anytime you
0: want. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, 4 a.m., that's not really the right, the, the, Yeah. That, but that's so early, Mom. That's when we just start. <laughs> but but you also have a campaign called women, Stilettos on the Ground. Am I getting this right?
1: Well, that's what that, yeah, we like to call our, you know, when I was building this up, and, you know, the big thing, the very important thing about having all of these, you know, wonderful women like yourself that are supporters is, you know, I have one voice, and my voice is small, but together, once you start adding these, really powerful women and you add them together and you add up all of their voices, that's when you've really become, you know, powerful and have much larger reach and amplification. And, you know, as you know, I think that this is a modern day women's movement. And in order to have a movement, you have to have a very clear, compelling message and huge amplification. And when you start adding up all of these wonderful women that are part of this and hopefully some of your listeners would want to learn more and you know that's when you really begin to have a voice and people start uh, taking notice and um you know we have these they're twin sisters they have a tv show it's called um total divas and they are professional wrestlers these two uh, the twin twin girls um brie and um, nikki bella beautiful these two beautiful girls each one has over 3.1 million followers on Instagram. Wow. I don't even know how many they have on Twitter. Um, and it's a really fun TV show. So when, like they they were at the launch in December, we actually I took them onto Good Morning New York with me. And when they start, you know, tweeting out something or putting something on Instagram, and it gets I'm not I'm no joke like 35,000 likes in a half an hour. It's it's crazy. Wow. Um, and so that's and it's all about social media right now, right? It's not necessarily it print. things aren't it's not about print. It's about social media and how to activate social media. It's about working together with these influencers, putting together these you know interesting campaigns like we have one right now. It's called um, hashtag her First Diamond. And only re- like so we have this um, we have these really great um, flash tattoos with our symbol. And I so saw that. On. I was
0: gonna ask you uh, about that. Well you have the in so your newsletter. Cute. You have the little babies and toddlers and, and little girls, and they're wearing. Yeah. Um, the
1: flash
0: uh, hats. It was, it, it's, it's adorable. And your symbol well, of you know a parable are two diamonds, right? The, the one right. elevated it's, it's, outside it's, the other like a heart exactly it's
1: one one diamond elevating outside of another and those two shapes form a heart which is represented the whole philanthropic effort once you start putting these these beautiful metallic flash tattoos on a two-year-old or on a toddler it's very clear then that you know as you're talking about you're not telling a toddler go buy a diamond you're saying think about yourself as a diamond be part of this movement like you know people talk about it because otherwise you know as a jewelry designer as a gemologist when i first started doing this people would say oh she just wants to sell more diamonds and and no like yes do we want to sell our we want to sell our product that is a beautiful representation of the symbol because again all net profits are going to help support but it's so much bigger than that. I mean, honestly, the ultimate goal here is to have, just like you know what the peace sign is, or just like you know what the pink ribbon is and, and what it does, I want people to see this symbol and think about women's empowerment. And because the more that becomes a reality, we will be able to drive more and more funds to support education and scholarships for girls. And just like, you know, when I was building it, I love the model for Warby Parker or Tom's shoes. Um, I love it. How do you translate that to jewelry? Which you know, you need shoes, you need glasses, you don't necessarily need jewelry, or certainly diamonds. So how do you do that? Well, it's then you take it even a step farther than they did and say all net profits of whether it's sale of goods, you know, and it's beyond jewelry. Like we, Project Gravitas is this fabulous. It's the first ready-to-wear um, collaboration we did where the they did this really cool cape blazer and the lining is this custom. Um, lining of this um, of our symbol repeating, and it's it's really sexy and great. And then we did shoe clips with Stuart Weitzman. Um, so it, this is much much farther than um, than than jewelry and. You know, to that extent, we have a, um, a salon series of like a discussion around the country because mm-hmm. as this is a movement, it literally has to move from place to place because as it moves, it increases awareness and that amplification. And as women's empowerment has many different um, things having to do with it, whether it's financial empowerment, health and wellness, um you know um fitness um uh fiscal responsibility so in each market we put together a discussion um a a panel with a moderator on all of these women are very high profile well well well-known experts within this field and have a on the panel discussion like we had one at georgetown we had one in san francisco in dallas um in miami and we're doing one um in the fall um hopefully at uh, harvard which will be great And it's another way of increasing awareness and talking about things um, having to do with women's empowerment.
0: Now, you you talk, you're always, you're often traveling, and and you look... Mm I'm just sorry this is radio because you're really beautiful. I know you probably don't. You're probably oh. the kind of person that doesn't like a lot of compliments, but you're going to get them. Sorry, it comes with the deal here. So um, you're very beautiful. Okay. You have amazing skin. <laughs> it's true. Um, how do you okay. keep up your energy for all of all your travels and everything you do? A mother. Well, I, and a- I, I
1: I love to work out. I mean, I I love to sweat. I know that sounds crazy, but at least like I I just I love it because I. I feel like I'm actually doing something, so I'll go running or I like, you know, do different classes or lift weights. And not every day, you know, but I'd say at least five times, five times, um, five times a week. So, and I definitely think that that helps. Like if I don't exercise for three days in a row, I totally feel my energy level sagging. So I try, I try to do something.
0: In town of country, we didn't say women sweat, we said they glistened which is very done. Uh, no, I <laughs> sweat. Let me tell you, it's not pretty. <laughs> it's not, it's not, it's you sweat. You don't glisten. It's sweat, right? <laughs> so. It is sweat and it is not pretty. And do you have um, a particular but, diet but I, that you follow that keeps your
1: energy up? No, that's definitely something that I should be more. I said, funny, I just read recently that as you get old, I turned 50 in September and um, as you get older that um, it's not as important for women to eat breakfast. So, I, I actually would I'd like to lose a few pounds, so I've stopped eating breakfast, and I eat a bigger
0: lunch. So we'll, I'll let you know if that works. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we'll, ke- we'll come back I to just you. I started <laughs> it. You'll have to come on again and tell us that. I always recommend eating breakfast, because if I don't eat breakfast by, like, 5 o'clock, I eat everything in the house, because I'm so starving when I get back. So I, I do um it it is important but it depends how your body feels better you know usually it's better yeah. to have a little something in you and the one thing i can't stand i don't like smoothies although everyone says they're so good for you the act of like drinking something i like to eat and not I necessarily i like chewing,
1: yeah
0: drink and if it's going to drink it's not going to be a smoothie so <laughs>
1: I agree with that. Oh, um, now just, and I'm kind uh, of crazy to... about sunblock, and i i I have stayed out of the sun, I think, since sophomore year of college, so. I've I asked you about
0: that, that. We spoke before. Yeah. I said, what do you do? You do wear a sunblock, and it's important yeah. because your skin is, you're yeah. pale, like I'm pale, so we need sunblock. I burn. But it's not even burning, you know. People think it's not sunny. I don't have to. But, you know, it's the UVA. A is the aging. UVB is the burning. So it's you, it, the combination of those two can really wreck your skin. So I always recommend oh. wearing sunblock. Definitely. Now we, we talked a little bit about, you know, rethinking the act of engagement and, and Mm -hmm. um, a lot of women, of course, April is also, is it, Diamond diamonds are April, right? Yes, or, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And you know, if they walk into a store, let's say they they do get engaged, they're the traditional women, they get engaged and they want to have the diamond. And if you walk into certain stores, such as, you know, we won't mention names, but they have that little Robin's blue egg box that has become so yep, famous. Yep. And you know, you get like a diamond that you need to have a magnifying glass or a jeweler's loop just to see it, right? Um yeah. and it's mm-hmm. like hundred fifty thousand dollars. So how do you recommend buying, let's say, the first diamond.
1: Um, well, so first, you know, we have—it's all about price point, obviously, and what you have in within your budget. I mean, within our collection, we have um, HSN um, as a retail partner, as well as Neiman Marcus, and the HSN collection with um, diamonds, um, real diamonds, starts at uh, ninety nine dollars. So. Um, you know, you can start there um, and then kind of go up with the collection for Nima Marcus, I think, starts at $700. I, I'd say one thing that, to me, is very important. You know, this is a company that, it's a for, again, it's a for-profit company, and we're taking our profits and we're giving back. But the company is called Diamonds Unleashed. Well, you can't have someone say... Oh, where are the diamonds coming from? Are they coming from, say to Sierra Leone, and someone had their hand cut off you know while you know I'm wearing my beautiful diamond and one of the very um, wonderful things about this is our partner in this is Canada Mark Diamonds, which is part of Dominion Diamonds. All of the diamonds are ethically mined and trackable and traceable to the Canadian mines, so they are all, they're all that whole conversation about blood diamonds is not one you even have to engage in. So when you, if you go to buy a diamond, I, I think that, you know, that's very important to a lot of people, you know, the origin, you know, the origin of where they came from. And if, and if that is important, I would say that, you know, you would want to look for something, you know, that's trackable and traceable. Um, I would, I would also say that, um, you know, it, it's all about, it's about, again, the bottom line, it's really about budget and um, what you like, what makes you feel good, Um but uh, again, pieces from our collection start at ninety nine dollars, and um, they're great looking,
0: great looking, great looking, really beautiful. Ninety nine. That's yes. I will definitely tell my daughter. <laughs> we'll definitely yeah. look at that. Look at that. Look at that collection. So before we have come to the end, but before we sign off, are there some words of wisdom that you would like to leave us with, Kara Ross? Words of wisdom, words that you that you live by your mantras that well, we you can know the put other
1: on. the other the other day someone said um you know if you had to wear a t-shirt for seven days and you had to put a slogan on it what what would it say and you know i said you know i use the hashtag and it's strong women are beautiful and the, and i think that's great i love it strong women are beautiful don't be afraid to to be a strong whether it's physically strong, mentally strong, you know, shine bright, you know, be, be strong, be brilliant. And I think that that's why I think this whole association of women thinking themselves as diamonds and those wonderful attributes is so important. And the really powerful thing about it and why I think it can become as ubiquitous as the peace sign is because everyone, everyone knows what a diamond is. I don't care if you go to China or India or, uh, anywhere. And you say to people, do you know what a diamond is? And they're going to say, oh, I know what it is. Their idea and your idea may be different, but both of you are still are thinking that diamonds are like the epitome of excellence in so many ways. And so if you take that association and say that epitome of excellence and, and those words and um, important things associated with it are like this strength of women and really strong, sexy, beautiful women, I mean, that's powerful to me. So I guess that's what I would I would say. Strong women are beautiful. Think about yourself as a diamond, and, and you're unbreakable.
0: I love that. Well, you are strong, and you are beautiful. And thank you so much for being with us today. That's our show, everyone. Thank you again, Kara Ross. Thank you to my strong and beautiful producer, Lori. And thank you all for listening. This is Jane Wilkins-Michael. I will see you next week. Until then, be wise, be well. Be better than before. Have a question for Jane and want to be on the next Better Than Before show? Drop us a line via instant feedback at bmajor.org. The Jane Wilkins Michael Show is brought to you by Express Scripts and is produced by Major Radio for clear channels, iHeartRadio, and bmajor.org.